Welcome to the Property Nomads podcast. And here are your hosts, Rob Smallbone and Matt McSherry. 12 ways to get more direct to vendor leads. There's so many different ways to acquire property. To be fair, it's not just about necessarily dealing with you know estate agents and, and so forth. There are so many different ways to acquire leads. The only reason we've not called this direct to vendor deals is we didn't want to give you the false presumption that all of these are guaranteed to give you more deals. But I suppose just to give them the kind of heads up, these are some of the ways that we've got direct to vendor leads. And more leads in general yeah. is going to lead to more deals, but we didn't want to... Anyway, that's just covering our own asses, to be fair. These aren't in any specific order of effectiveness. These are just things that we've done or perhaps from speaking to other people, other people have done and it's been quite successful for them. So this should help you in order to acquire more direct-to-vendor leads. And we'll start with number one, as we always do, leafleting. Really, really useful. So if you know the area that you're targeting for whatever reason, maybe you're trying to acquire you know, a lease option property for yourself to live in. Maybe you're trying to acquire some sort of, you know, grunty two-bed properties in a particular area. Go leaflet it or get someone to leaflet it for you. Yeah. Get that monitored. Again, track it. So if you're going to do it every three weeks, do it every three weeks. Set your sort of systems up so you can track how many leads you're getting from the leaflets. Leafleting won't always work first time round. It's going to take time. At the end of the day, it comes with consistency. Chances are, I believe, is it is it five or six times being consistent that you've got to keep leaflet in a certain area before you start getting some really good leads. Yeah, I mean, I've heard I've heard people that have been leafleting in an area for a couple of years before they've had something come through. But when that something comes through, it's been worth yeah the cost of the leafleting. So it will take time. But you know, again, you hear you know you hear people that strike it lucky on on round one because you just don't know who you're re- reaching out to at yeah. that particular point in time. Yeah, and I think with the leafleting as well, I've said about being consistent, but make sure that you just pick an area or a couple of pockets of uh, areas within your uh, designated strategy uh, area um, and just be consistent every three weeks. Maybe pick around two or 3,000 houses and just keep leafleting them same houses over and over again every three or four weeks and you will eventually get something from it. Yeah, you might decide every two weeks, every three weeks, every four weeks. It's whatever works for you, how aggressive you want to be, how much. Yeah, your budget-wise and how much you've got to spend on that one. Number two, bandit boards and road signs. Now, with bandit boards, you've got to be careful making sure that you know what your local council uh, and what their thoughts are on this because sometimes if you put a bandit board up, chances are you could get a hefty fine. So be careful with that. I know the whole city council can be quite, quite tough on this. Um, I don't think there's anything they're lenient on, to be fair. Well, it's a whole city council, isn't it? So, um, hey, we've got to be careful what we say on this podcast, but yeah. Anyway, moving swiftly on, you were saying. But just just get creative with this at the end of the day, because if you put a bandit board on a lamppost, for example, and you put it a specific height, I can't remember exactly what the measurements were, but in order for the council to get that down, they've got to get a specialist vehicle to be able to get up there and put it down. So chances are it's going to be for a going to be up for a few days before they actually get around to taking it down so chances are you could get some leads from that yeah one thing on that if you're putting your mobile number up or or anything on your bandit board a uh, good code of practice would be to get a non-traceable yeah sort of sim card or like a text code you could yeah something yeah. like that that that'd be advantageous so you know good point well made talking of agents lettings agents number three now, the reason we put these on here is quite simply 
if you've got a, an independent lettings agent that dealing with lettings and lettings only, at some point in time, they're gonna know people that are looking to sell, looking to offload their property, their portfolio and so forth. So if you can build that rapport, you should be building rapport with agents anyway, both lettings and estate agents. But if you can build rapport with your lettings agents, you just never know what's gonna pop on their doorstep and you know what can be sent over to you as a lead. And with that as well, as Rob just mentioned, be consistent with your visits. You know, always be there speaking to them, asking them how things are going, asking them how business is going, asking them if they've got any more leads through, if there's anyone looking to sell. Just, again, it should become memorable um, so that they can remember you. And if anything comes to mind, they'll think of you straight away. Number four, car logos and trailers. These are fantastic. Um, in fact, we haven't got a TPN one yet, but we will get one done yeah. thinking of that. But you hear stories, and actually, to be fair, you don't just hear stories, you see it. I've seen it when I've been driving around in different towns and cities, that you see someone with a giant yellow car, I buy houses, or people with, um, I forgot the guy's name, but I know in and around Hull, there's a guy that's always got his big trailer boards out, and he's either driving around in it, or he's putting them on key roundabouts as you're going in and out of the city. But again, they're useful. Well, the thing is, with car logos, that you're driving around everywhere, so you're reaching a very wide audience when it comes to your, your marketing. So, And if you're moving around the city, if you're moving a trailer or you're driving around, people are going to constantly see that. And if you have it quite, if it's a memorable car or memorable colours, then people are instantly, if they're looking to sell their property, going to think of that. Yeah, you just don't know who's going to see it, when they're going to see it, and again, what position they're going to be in. So that does that does work. We'll get a, Let's get a TPN logo done yeah. for for the car thinking about it. Number five, social media advertising and pages. 21st century now, you know, social media's really plowing on the amount of data that's being collected on people, whether that's legally or illegally is a different story. But the, the targeting you can do on social media advertising is it's absolutely scary. scary. It's actually quite scary. But use that to your advantage. So again, you're going to know your area better than anyone else. So if you know that, well, I think, thinking about it, you don't even have to know your area. You could, I believe, you can target people that are recently divorced. Yep. And all stuff like that. Again, it's so quite scary. Age categories, locations, if they've recently lost a job, if they've recently had a promotion. These are all things that you can find out through Facebook advertisement and not just Facebook, other social media platforms as well. Now, if you're not very technical in these areas, then... You can also I outsource this to you know a professional marketer. You know there is quite a few out there that are starting just left university and they're relatively cheap. You know they're just kind of getting it the experiences first before they obviously start increasing the price range. So there is plenty out there that you can look to to help you as well if you're not really hundred percent good at this tech kind of stuff moving forward. So social media goes hand in hand with number six, which is your website. So if you're for example if you're sourcing. Uh, and you've got a, you know a couple of websites out there. You might have a couple of domains where people can. They might I don't know have a. Uh, they might have seen a business card or something like that. They've gone onto your website and go, oh, do you want to sell your house? Well, actually, yeah, I'm thinking of selling my house. Pop in the details. Boom, you've got a lead. Then it's up to you to follow up and convert them. Uh, you know if if they can be converted, if they are yeah. you know in a position where they need help. I think it's all about keeping them all interlinked. All these twelve ways that we're giving you, keeping them interlinked because the car logo that you have might have the website on there. So you're then funneling people into the website and they might sign up to a form on the website, which is then funneling into a lead and then you can then convert that lead and, and so on and so forth. So it's all keeping them interlinked. 
and keeping it organised, essentially. Yeah, effectively keeping it in, in-house using yeah. you know a, multi, uh, a multitude of these methods, uh, which is useful. Another different way to get uh, more direct-to-vendor leads is, is direct-to-vendor letters. You've got to be careful with these, though. I know with, with land registry, if you, say, for example, come across a property and you find out the address, you type it into land registry and you find out the detail of the vendor or the property and you decide to put their name on a letter and send them a direct, uh, direct letter, then that's actually against uh, land registry um, terms and conditions and you, you've then breaking them. And that's actually, uh, you can get a hefty fine for that. Um, and against it's also against GDPR regulations. So to be able to kind of mitigate that and overcome that, all you need to put on it is state the owner or occupier of the property. Um, and that will mitigate any risks for that. Yeah, absolutely superb. Do you find, find your properties that you're thinking of taking over or if they're, they're dilapidated or anything like that, find out the address, do your land registry search, assuming it's been registered in the first place with a land yeah. reg. And yeah, great point well made. Rather than say to Mr and Mrs Smith, to the owner-occupier, that way you're kind of covering your backside as well for, for GDPR purposes, I think it comes under. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. And number eight is word of mouth. Just get out there and tell absolutely everybody what you're doing. Post it on your Facebook, your social medias, and that in itself will eventually generate leads because people will see you as a specialist in the area that you're focusing on. And if for whatever reason you de- someone decides to sell a house, you know whether it's a friend or friend of a friend, a family friend, they're going to look at you because you've been posting regularly or speaking about what you're doing. They're going to see you as that person to go to in this instance. Yeah, the amount of times been out and about and someone says what you're doing an old co-host of the property nomads podcast and people are like, oh that sounds quite interesting I'm like, well, yeah thanks it is you know we like to we like to think we do uh, i say that cynically you on the bush there, no i say that cynically but no you know when people say oh that's you know that's quite cool so yeah you know it's absolutely fantastic here's you know here's a card because the minute someone says that to me that's almost like an invite to tell me more so always carry your business cards with you but yeah, the minute someone says that, it's like, yeah, yeah, go and check it out. You know, we're on iTunes, we're on Omni Studios, Stitcher, Spotify, all of that. To have a, a level of enthusiasm about it does help. You know, if you do, if you just tell people what you're doing, there's sort of that lack of enthusiasm that doesn't help too much. But yeah, tell people what you do. Even if you have to work on your 10 second, 15 second pitch as such, then, then go and do that because, you know, you don't know who you're going to be speaking to. You don't know what position they're going to be in. They might have a, a stack of money they want to invest. They might have a portfolio of property they're trying to sell. If you've got that degree of enthusiasm, tell people what you do, tell it with enthusiasm, and who knows what will happen. And I suppose that works hand in hand with number nine, which is networking. You know, getting out there and, again, telling everybody what you're doing, meeting people from different backgrounds, not just property networking events. You want to be going to business networking events as well in different areas. And just get out there, tell everybody what you're doing, and again, you never know who you're going to meet. Yeah, the thing, the thing, the reason we put networking in, as you say, Matt, it's not necessarily property networking. It's going a bit outside the box. So, going to your local chamber of commerce events, doing a bit of speed networking, local business events. You know, networking could be playing golf on a Wednesday. You know, if people play golf on a Wednesday, there's a reason they do that. They've got time to do that, but they've probably got the money to do that. Same if you go like clay pigeon shooting, stuff like that. So they can be almost branded as networking as well, in my opinion, and your opinion as well. 
that's why we've put it in there. So not just your property networking, but expand your scope a little bit, go outside the box. And number 10 is pushing your brand out through <laughs> Pushing your brand. So pushing your brand in, within your clothing. So wearing your, your logos or we buy any house or whatever it may be on your t-shirt, on your jacket, jumpers, whatever it may be. And again, it's kind of everyone's looking out and you, wherever you walk to, you're getting recognised and you're marketing essentially. Yeah, Rob. You're a marketing machine. I mean, at the moment, we're not actually videoing this particular episode. And obviously, we appreciate it's a podcast, but you're sat there in your Property Nomads podcast um, shirt. Indeed. I've got a jumper on. It's a bit cold. But uh, yeah, absolutely. This isn't going to be for everyone, admittedly. But yeah, certainly when it comes around to, you know, the summertime, yeah, absolutely. It's something that, you know, you and I definitely, definitely be doing. Because you're out and about, you're wearing your brand. There's no shame in that at all and you're going to get noticed it doesn't matter where you are whether you're in london whether you're going to be you know walking the streets of hull whether you're in manchester meeting someone or whatever if you have your brand out and about and you've got your business cards on you again you just don't know you're just spreading the word people are seeing seeing what you're doing happy days well people are very inquisitive so chances are if you're wearing as i am today a property nomads t-shirt then people are going to be like oh what what's that you know what what's the brand and then straight away you've opened up a, a, a conversation and you never know where that conversation might go. Number 11, radio advertising. So if you know your local area and you know your, your local radio stations, approach them, find out what the pricing list is and you'll be surprised as to how many people you can reach through just your radio advertising in itself. Yeah, this is really how big, how big you want to take it. I wouldn't say it's necessarily going to be the first thing that you do. To be perfectly honest, it's not going to be the uh, cheapest form of advertising in comparison to, you know, other ones on this list. But certainly if you're looking to, you know, go national and so forth, again, it's a complementary strategy with with all the others. Same with number 12, which is newspaper advertising. Again, hit and miss. Less people are reading. I believe the stats are out there somewhere. Less people are reading newspapers. We're more of a social media environment now. It's more the older generation that are still reading newspapers, the ones that are stuck in the old ways. But that's also key. It's very that can be advantageous as well. So without a shadow of a doubt, so it is worth advertising in your local newspaper. I think each local newspaper is going to be different in terms of how often they publish. Some are going to publish every day. Some might have a specific property section that comes out on a Tuesday or whatever. Again. Make contact with them, pop an advert in, keep it nice and simple. Um, I know that what I've done in the past has worked quite well. It's quite simply, I buy houses, call Rob, there's my number. That's actually been quite efficient, to be fair, it's been quite simple. And it was only a tiny box in the paper, it wasn't exactly a, a whole page spread. So that does work. And again, use it in conjunction with, with the other 11 that we've mentioned. So should we give them a, a quick overview? And run through. Yeah, we're always told that the summary is good, so let's go for it. So number one, we've got leafleting. Leafleting, can't even get my words out. Number two, bandit boards and road signs. Number three, letting agents, build a relationship with them. Number four, car logos and trailers. Number five, social media advertising and pages. Number six, websites. Number seven, direct to vendor letters, but making sure that you stay in line with the GDPR regulations on that one. Mm -hmm. We've got number, number eight, Word of mouth recommendations, tell everybody what you're doing. Number nine, networking. Number 10, clothing. Number 11, 
radio advertising, and number 12, newspaper advertising. Yeah, and talking of networking and advertising and so forth, it would be an absolute pleasure and an honour if you were able to spread the podcast with other people as well, if you think there's going to be other people that are going to benefit from the content, not just the property content, but the business content and everything that we provide as well. So feel free to spread the love, get other people to subscribe. Of course, it's free. We'll keep doing it. We love doing it. We love to help and serve you as best as we can. So yeah, please go and spread the word of the podcast and uh, that would be, you know, wonderful. And as always, thank you for tuning in and we'll speak to you next time. All the best. Have you deserved. Arrivederci.